We kind of went in not expecting anyone to offer us a deal, to be honest. We wanted to get exposure. We know that our product and our business made for good TV, which is what Shark Tank looks for. You're listening to the Ecom Exits podcast with your host, Nate Ginsberg. Learn the best tips and tactics to improve profits, cash flow, and maximize your e-commerce business value on the way to a successful exit. Welcome to the show. Hello, and welcome back to the Ecom Exit Show. It's your host, Nate Ginsberg, joined today by Riyadh Beckett, Chief Potato Officer at potatoparcel.com. Some interesting facts about Riyadh. He went from unemployment to buying a business, this business, to then a year later being on Shark Tank. And uh, we'll get into more of the, the results of that uh, later on in the, in the show. And, you know, and they've gone on to sell over 175,000 personalized potatoes. And so really interesting business, crazy story. Really excited to uh, have Riyadh on the show to share with you all. So Riyadh, thanks for joining us. Hey, Nate. Thanks for having me, man. Appreciate it. Yeah. So first, if you can uh, share with the audience, I mean, you've got a really great story and yeah, maybe like, you know, kind of walk us through how did you get into selling personalized potatoes? Very good question. So I, at the time I was working in software sales, didn't really like the job. I, I had some, you know, e-commerce experience uh, along the way, some trials and errors And that kind of led me into looking to acquire a business at the time. You know, I had had nothing to lose and I had taught myself a lot about e-commerce and marketing. And I came across this really, really wacky business called Potato Parcel. And I decided to buy the business and take spend my time growing the business and that's what i did and now we're on year five we appeared on shark tank and we've gotten a lot of cool publicity and put a lot of smiles and looks of confusion on people's faces when they uh unbox the potato <laughs> yeah yeah i know you know you you bought this online and so what stood out or what what did you see as the opportunity you know when you saw this business available well number one it was really unique and crazy and i think that's something that works in today's world there's so much competition in other niches of e-commerce and i wanted to stay away from that if i was going to spend my money the little money that i had to acquire a business i really really didn't want to struggle with competition and something that anybody can just make on their own. Sure, you can say anybody can make a potato business either, but no one really was willing to spend their time on an idea that's so so-called, you know, stupid. I was the only person that was willing to spend my time selling customized potatoes. So yeah, once you bought the business then, you know, what were some of the things that you did when you took it over? So at that point, I was, I was really good with, um, you know, website platforms. So I, I moved the website to Shopify. It was, it was on a horrible Weebly website. I invested in you know, teaching myself marketing. And so I spent time learning Facebook ads, Instagram, Snapchat, retargeting, everything I could really do from a marketing standpoint. I knew the product was crazy enough that somebody would like it. So I just decided to market to to those people and see how they reacted. And, And people thought it was really funny. So I come from kind of also a customer service background. So I made sure that that was really high and that we could 
have a, a, a well-converting website and, and post-purchase stuff to make people buy from us again. And I just spent a lot of time learning, to be honest with you. And um, we just slowly, slowly kept growing that way. Mm-hmm. And so how'd you get onto Shark Tank? The previous owner, when he applied, he got rejected the first year by himself. This was before I was ever in the picture. They told him that this is a cool, funny idea, but you have zero sales. Um, apply next year. And he said, okay, I'll apply next year. By that time, I had already bought the business and I kind of made an agreement with him that if we get on the show or if they accept us this year, because the following year we did have decent sales or impressive sales enough to kind of uh, surprise people like a potato business novelty gift is has decent sales like this that people wouldn't really believe. We both went on Shark Tank the second time. So the second time we applied, uh, we got accepted and we went on the show and we dressed up in potato costumes. And it was it was pretty funny. You know, people online and NPR were, were talking about it. And it was it was a really fun experience. Well, okay. So I want to dive into more of the, the Shark Tank experience, but, but also for uh, the listeners that uh, are not aware, what okay. are you selling exactly? <laughs> sure. So we're selling fun. So we market ourselves as kind of the anti-flower, right? People like to give flowers and give gifts to people for different occasions. You know, birthdays, congratulations, get well soon. I love you. Hope to see you soon. Things of that nature are kind of what we get most uh, from our customers when they're typing a message on their, you know, for their customized potato or uploading an image to send to a friend. And we have products related to certain holidays like birthdays, specific products, Mother's Day, Valentine's, etc. And those are the products that we're, we're kind of known for. So it's, it's a wacky and a different way of giving someone a gift or, or flowers or a better option than a traditional boring greeting card. And so, I mean, it's literally, it's a, it's a potato with a, a message or an image stamped onto it? <laughs> yes, yes. So that, that's our process. We also have a bunch of funny add-ons and anonymous packaging and things that make the gift uh, much better than it is. And what we do is we encourage people to plant the potato once it's kind of reached the end of its life after you know a month or so to grow more. And we also donate one potato for every one that we sell. And, and that's a cause that we, we care about and, and people respect us for that. So we're, we're being fun and we're also being conscious of, of what we're doing. Yeah, that's good to have that uh, social good component. Uh, where, where do you donate the potatoes? So we donate them to local food banks in, in our area. And those food banks distribute them to those in need. Yeah, cool. Well, yeah, I mean, one thing I love a lot on your website says 100% laughter or confusion guaranteed. <laughs> and uh, yeah. anyway, so, so yeah, super unique and fun product. Okay, so back to the Shark Tank. So you got on Shark Tank with the guy who, who started it. What was that? experience like? I mean, so they accepted you and then you got on the show and said you kind of dressed up crazy and like, you know, what, what happened? So we kind of went in not expecting anyone to offer us a deal, to be honest. We wanted to get exposure. We know that our product and our business made for good TV, which is what Shark Tank looks for. You know, a good story and a person or, or the partners or a, a good business that, that's entertaining for TV. But as we started, you know, speaking to the sharks, uh, we found that some of them were actually pretty interested. And, you know, backtrack before that, it was very nerve wracking for me because 
I was a huge fan of the show. I used to watch it religiously because I, I, I really wanted to be in business. You know, nowadays, actually, I don't watch the show much anymore. <laughs> but it was really nerve wracking. I was, I was doing my best to, um, to prepare. So I over prepared. But, you know, once we stepped out on there, it was it was kind of a surreal moment. Like, you know, the, the people that we see on TV are, are standing right in front of us. Um, and we're just waiting for the camera crew to, to cue us to, to begin talking. Also, just kind of curious of like, like, do they kind of batch these? And so is it just like, you know, you and a bunch of these other businesses are just like there and you go on and get your pitch. And it's just like, what's the kind of, you know, process like getting onto the show? Or like- yeah, so the sharks are usually on set for like 10, 12 hours a day. And a lot of businesses are, are there on set waiting for their turn to pitch. So um, what you see on Shark Tank is like eight to 10 minutes per pitch of, of each business. But we're really there for an hour, an hour and a half talking. Oh, okay, cool. And so you get on, you know, you're, you're doing your pitch and some of the sharks were interested. Yeah. So Mark Cuban wasn't a fan, but, you know, he respected, respected our, our hustle, I guess. <laughs> Lori thought it was a cute idea, but she kind of dismissed it too because it was just, you know, way beyond her level of, I guess, interest or too crazy for her. And Robert Herjavec was was awesome. He he made us a deal. Personally, my my favorite shark is Kevin, and I countered Robert's offer. I believe he offered us twenty five percent of the business with no strings attached. Beyond that, Kevin offered us a royalty deal and less equity. So I took uh, Kevin's offer for the royalty deal and and the equity, and um, we've been we've been partners since then. Cool. So how is it being partners with Kevin? So Kevin's really cool. I don't really speak to him much direct one-on-one. Occasionally I do, but I more speak with the people on his team, his PR person, uh, social media, and, you know, the other partners for O'Leary Ventures. But yeah, they, they've been really helpful more in terms of, of guidance and, you know, feedback and, and access also to Kevin's other entrepreneurs from Shark Tank. So it's kind of like we're, we're a little family, you know, and I wouldn't have had access to these people had I not made a deal with him. You know, I'm curious, you know, more about what, you know, support you're getting, you know, from, you know, him or, or and his team. Yeah. So we, you know, social media support, you know, he, he's mentioned us on his Instagram and other channels in speeches when he goes. More guidance, really. There's not a lot of pressure coming from Kevin's team on us, you know, in terms of exit strategy or things like that. We're very consistent with them and, you know, we we pay them the royalty and and the equity and and we've been a good partner for them and they've given us a lot of support too. So I, I, I have been happy working with them. Uh-huh. And is that, I mean, I guess when, you know, being connected to the other, you know, businesses that uh, I guess O'Leary Ventures has invested in, like, is that sort of standard in terms of what type of, you know, support as well as? Well, you know, a lot of it's, it's based on businesses, right? So for example, some businesses want to go into retail. Uh-huh. Um, maybe they started off very small in e-commerce and they, they want to make a retail deal. And, but they don't have the connections or they don't have the, um, the influence to, to get to decision makers there. So that's an area where Kevin has helped people or, or a business that's, that can do very well on TV, for example, QVC or Home Shopping Network, you know, getting their products uh, there. So Kevin has helped us in different ways. We don't really have a retail strategy. We're more direct to consumer um, and also corporate gifting as well. Um, so that, that's the area in, in, in which we focus. Yeah. Yeah. Is it common? You mentioned that like you don't get a lot of pressure from 
you know, their team? Um, I would say it depends on the business, but Kevin is, uh, and his team is, uh, they're very helpful, right? They, they invested in all of these companies from the beginning because they knew that they had growth potential. And I think the way that Kevin and his portfolio grows is by investing in more mm. uh, cash flow producing businesses. So now I think he has over maybe a hundred you know, that are in his portfolio. So maybe they're, I, they're focusing on volume, but yes, they're, they're always there for guidance and helping the entrepreneurs reach their goals and seeing how he can help them make their business better. But I don't think there's actually, you know, pressure. Into- yeah. I mean, if they've got a hundred of these things, it's their model isn't around one of these things really taking off. It's, it's just as aggregate. Cool. And so I mean, I guess it's like a new business and kind of model for me, like just kind of being in like the novelty space. And so I'm just kind of curious to hear more like, you know, what are some of the, I guess, first start with like the benefits and kind of opportunities like in the novelty space, like what are, I guess, some of the advantages? Yeah. So I would consider us not, we're somewhat in the novelty space, but I would consider our business more in the gifting space. It's, Mm -hmm. it's a, you know, wacky, wackier gift. Right. And I think, you know, one thing is, is competition. There's less competition in our specific niche for the type of gift that we're selling and, you know, the way we advertise ourselves. Um, you know, we've had some, some random competitors trying to ride our wave, but for them, I think they're not investing as much into, for example, you know, overranking us on Google or spending more money than we would on on advertising to acquire customers because they they don't necessarily have enough sales to support that. So I think that's one advantage that we have. And and we do have some some crazy customers out there that, you know, buy maybe 10 of them a year and and you know our, our repeat customer rate is around 20-22%. So that tells us that people are actually finding this funny and when they think of saying sending it to their friend then they'd also want to send it to their mom and then when that person receives one they want to become a sender as well. So it kind of creates a chain going because whoever received one thought it was funny then mm-hmm. they would like to actually send one to someone they think would think it's funny and kind of goes that way. So we grow a lot organically on social media. A lot of people mention us in their posts and share their pictures online. And and that's what we use also for our own internal feedback to see what people think of it. We we have a lot of great reviews as well. Yeah, I guess it is. You have the the built-in virality. Uh, you know, what what is something about, uh, you mentioned a little bit of like competitors popping up. I mean, is that something that you've kind of had to deal a lot with? Or it sounds like the competitors that have popped up, you know, haven't had a ton of success uh, taking market share? Not from what I can see. Um, because I haven't, you know, we've been growing every year. And, you know, our, our daily amount of orders also grows. And we haven't, we haven't really taken a hit related to competitors from what I believe. Yeah. Cool. And so what are some of the challenges with, um, you know, it's like a pretty unique business, you know, product model. So I would say one challenge is time to fulfillment. So for example, if if someone is selling t-shirts on Amazon or clothing, the goods are ready to go, right? As long as they're in the FBA warehouse, you get an order, they're shipped. 
for us, every single order is customized. So there's a person behind each potato preparing it and, and doing it. And that takes time. So we require more people on our team, more payroll to fulfill orders as, as orders grow. We need more people. But necessarily, if your Amazon orders grow, you don't necessarily need more people to support that. So we have higher costs on the on the payroll side and fulfillment side. That's uh, a challenge. But also, you know, we we convert higher than other e-commerce sites because it's more unique and different. So it's it's two sides there. Yeah. Like anything, I mean, the more that I learn or get exposed to different businesses and, you know, business models, you know, they all come with their their different advantages and disadvantages. And so, yeah, I mean, uh, you, I think you said you, you bought the business. Uh, I was like, I think you said five, five years ago and, you know, have, um, had a lot of this, you know, growth and success from Shark Tank. And what, what do you kind of see ahead for yourself as well as, uh, you know, Potato Parcel? Well, I think I've learned a lot in five years. I'm definitely a much better entrepreneur than I was five years ago. Just learn things over time. But regarding Potato Parcel, I think we want to come up with more, be more creative and come up with more fun and unique products. Also, you know, becoming better at reaching new audiences of customers and, and continuing to, you know, grow our email list, grow our traffic, increase our conversion rates, and just build a sustainably healthy business in the long term, you know, possibly for continued growth or, you know, an exit or incorporating other novelty gifts into what we currently sell and upselling our customers something new. So there's a lot of options, I think, that we have. Cool, man. To uh, start to wrap up, any, you know, words of advice on the whole Shark Tank experience, like people that are interested in going on Shark Tank? Don't panic because I kind of over-prepared because, as I mentioned, I was, I was a big fan of the show. So I was a little nervous and nerve-wracking, but once, once I started talking, it became more of a natural conversation. So, you know, don't work yourself up too much. Obviously, you should know everything about your business because that's what they would ask you and apply. And, and you know what, if you don't, if you don't err, or if you don't get an, a deal, it's, it's not the end of the world, you know, just for the fact that, you know, Shark Tank accepted you to pitch is a great sign. So if you don't get it, continue working on your business. Um, and if you do get the, the opportunity to, to pitch, you know, just make sure you're ready. I think that's good advice, you know, with pertaining to uh, Shark Tank as well as I think just approaching business as a whole, you know, you want to uh, be prepared, be ready for the opportunities that come. Yeah, man. Well, Riyadh, thanks so much for, uh, for coming on the show. Uh, where can listeners find out more information uh, about you if they want to uh, send some, some super hilarious or confusing gifts to their friends or family? Yeah, our website would be the best place. It's www potatoparcel.com and uh, on Instagram at potatoparcel. All right. Well, thanks for coming on the show. It was uh, great to uh, chat and connect. Yeah. Excited to see the business uh, keep going and um, yeah, best of luck. Thanks, Nate. Appreciate you having me on. This has been the Ecom Exits podcast with Nate Ginsberg. If you're enjoying the Ecom Exits podcast, show your support by subscribing, rating, and reviewing this podcast wherever you listen to podcasts. This will help other smart entrepreneurs find us. We appreciate your support. We have a new episode every week on the Ecom Exits podcast, so catch you next time.